got a past? How many of y'all got a past? Come on. How many of y'all got things that you just assume nobody else knows about ever? Amen. You realize that, that sometimes, even though we've been delivered, even though we've been saved, you, your past still tries to mess with you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get down and try to pray, and, and the devil reminds you that stupid thing you did, or, or you'll try to witness to somebody, and the devil say, well, who do you think you are? You're trying to tell somebody about you. I know what you did back in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our past can be a piss. Amen? Well, today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to deal with that. Because God, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, some of y'all may have seen this before, but I hadn't. Uh, and and I, I want to share it with you. In Exodus chapter number 14, we find, we find the nation of Israel, they, they have been delivered. God has sent Moses, and they have been delivered out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, which is a type of the world, and a type of being in sin and being in a lost condition and a lost situation. And they come out by the blood. Amen? Uh, they are now on their way to the promised land. They're on their way to what God has for them. And, and now they, are, they have just gotten a little ways away. They haven't been delivered very long. They haven't, uh, they haven't been saved, if you will, very long. Then all of a sudden, Pharaoh decides he doesn't want to let them go. And by the way, the devil don't want to let you go neither. And he decides, I'm going back and I'm going to bring them back in to what they used to be. And that's where we're at here in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 5. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and, and, and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and he took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. And the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army overtook them in camping by the sea. Beside uh, anything you want to call that is fine with me. Say amen. Now, I hate that Dr. Hawkins is here this morning, uh, but we'll let him call them out. Amen. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said, Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us uh, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Let me just do a little political thing right here. I know you're not supposed to do this, but uh, they are saying, I'd rather, I'd rather live as a slave than die as a free man. Think about that a minute. Our freedoms are being taken away from us so fast and so much here lately, and we will say, well, I would rather be safe. I would rather be a slave to the political party than to be a free man. Mm. Say amen. Hey, this is what they're saying. Look here, look here, Moses. What, what are you doing to us? Why'd you bring us out here? You know, 
I, it was, we were better off in Egypt. You know what that, that, that really shows us? Sometimes after you've gotten saved, you're going to run into a hardship and you're going to run into a difficult time and the devil's going to try to make you think that what you had back there was better than what you got now. And that's a lie. They were slaves. They were being beat upon. They had the worst life that you could ever imagine. But sometimes when you, when you get scared and sometimes when you get frustrated, what you left seems to be better than where you're at. But watch what happens. And Moses said unto the people, fear not. What's the next two words? Say it with me. Like you mean it. Stand still. Now, now remember that. And see the salvation of the Lord, which ye shall show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Now, remember what he said? He said, fear ye not, and... Now, watch what the next verse says, verse 15. Very next verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Why are you crying to me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they... Okay, now, which is it? In one verse, you say, in the very next verse, you're saying, have you ever felt like that with the Lord? Okay, God, now really, what, what is it that you want me to do? Do you want me to stand still or do you want me to, what does that mean? What does that mean? Why would God do that? What's God trying to say? That's what we're going to learn today. Father. Help us in Jesus' name to learn something that's going to help us get over our past. I pray that you'll help everyone. Everybody in here has got one. Lord, I pray that your will be done. Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to read to you just, and I need your undivided attention. I'll preach quick if you can listen quick. Have you ever listened quick before? Do that today. I, 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 I need to set the table a little bit for you. Uh, we're going to read about a guy who was a pretty bad guy. In his past, he was a pretty bad guy. This man, his name, we know him as the Apostle Paul. But before he was saved, he was Saul. Are y'all with me? With an S, not a P, but with an S. Now, this is what the Bible says about Saul, his, po- his, his pre-conversion before he met the Lord. It says in Acts 8, verse 3, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Acts 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. The word slaughter there, if you will study that word out, it means as an animal would mangle its prey. Have you ever seen on the National Geographic show uh, where a tiger or a lion would grab and, and, and grab a zebra or, or, or a gazelle and, and take it and just rip it apart and just shake it? That is the description God is saying that Paul was treating the church. The early Christians, the, the new believers, Paul was destroying them. It says in Acts 9.21, But all that heard him were amazed. These are people that had heard that he had changed. They said, is not this he that destroyed them that called upon the name of the Lord in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest? Acts 22, this is Paul's own testimony. 
I am verily a man which am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye are all this day. Now watch what he says. And I persecuted this way unto the death. Now this way is Christianity. The early church, the new believers. I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering in the prisons both men and women. What were their crimes? Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They were not murderers. They were not rapists. They were not, they were not, they were not thieves. He was arresting innocent men and women whose only sin, his only crime, was believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he would arrest them, he would torture them and, listen, brutalize them to get them to deny the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was not a good guy. He was very religious. He was very zealous. Let me tell you something. All those Muslim people who are rioting and they're killing people, uh, listen, they are very sincere about what they're doing. You don't strap a bomb to yourself and, and fly a plane in a building if you're not sincere about what you think and believe. Matter of fact, they're more sincere than most Christians are. But they're sincerely wrong. And Paul was very religious. He was very sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. He was a bad guy. But God. One day in Paul's life, God slapped him off his high horse and got his attention and saved his soul, changed his life on the road to Damascus. And he is never the same after that. He began to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He began to preach and to teach in every city. He began to tell everybody about what God had done for him. He began to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Paul had a past. You see, when he first got saved, there were people that didn't want to have anything to do with him because they remembered Saul. He might be Paul preaching now, but he used to be Saul the slaughterer. There were people who had families that he had killed and, and they didn't want to have anything to do with him because they remembered his. But Paul said, there's something that, 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 that I have to do, that we all have to do. In Philippians chapter number 3, you'll find, I think in verse 13, you'll find that he says, this one thing I do, I have not apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are... I am reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. What's the point? What's the point? Let's take these, these two portions of Scripture and put them together. Because there's so many people in here right now that your past is haunting you. Your past is harassing you. Your past is hounding you. You're trying to serve God. You're trying to go forward. You're trying to do the right thing. But it seems like every time you turn around, all you can think about, all you can remember, all that anybody brings up is what you used to be. And because of all of that harassment, your, your future is being hindered by your past. Are you all with me today? Let's talk about that a little bit. Here's what I want you to see. And before we even talk about anything, before we even talk about anything, I need everybody in this room to pay close attention because there's a pile of y'all in here. It's a big crowd. It's a good crowd. And it's no accident that you were here. It is a divine appointment that you're here. It's a divine appointment. And we have all across the spectrum people in this room. We've got Dr. Hawkins. Uh, Dr. Hawkins, how long have you been pastoring? 48 years. 
48 years. He's got more ministry than I've been alive. But then we have people here who's got issues. You just now come to know the Lord. And you're still struggling with issues. But I would be willing to bet. I'm not a betting man, but I guarantee you this. Dr. Hawkins, you still struggle with stuff too, don't you? All across the board, we've got them from the front to the back. Uh, people that's been in ministry a long time. People that's just got out of jail. People that's still in jail. People that's, listen, still trying to kick the habit. They're still, hey, trust me. Trust me. Everybody in this room has a past. But see, what will happen when you walk through that door, the devil will jump on your shoulder and he'll say, you got, you got horns and everybody else has got a halo. And the devil will try to make you think that you're the worst person in the building, that you don't even deserve to be in the building, that you ain't got, you're a hypocrite for being here. Hey, 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 if that was the case, don't you love them people say they're not going to go to church at Temple because there's a bunch of hypocrites there? We got room for some more, so come on. Yeah. Hey, I'd rather, I'd rather go to heaven with a few hypocrites than hell with all of them. So here's what you need to understand. Just because somebody else looks like Ken and Barbie, they go home. Everybody puts on the Sunday smile and the Sunday suit and the, and the Sunday uh, slang, but we all have a past, don't we? <laughs> We're going to have fun today. Here we have the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt. They've been delivered. They're rejoicing. They're excited. But now we we got a problem. we got the Red Sea in front of us. Now, remember this. God could have had that Red Sea split before they ever got there. And they could have went across that Red Sea, and that Red Sea could have come back, and they could have been, been just, just wide open, and they could have got away so fast. But God didn't let them because God wanted them to see something. God wanted them to know something. Are y'all with me? So here we have God says, all right, y'all need to wait a minute because something's happening. Now we have Egypt coming after them. Egypt, which represents their past. Egypt, which represents the slavery that they were in, represents the bondage that they were in. And what held them was coming after them. Y'all with me? Sometimes when we get saved, that that we left behind seems to be on our trail. That that we quit and gave up and we tried to get over, it seems like it's right at our doorstep. But watch this. Three things in this chapter, in, 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 in both stories I want you to see. First, the past. Say that with me. The. Paul says this. Paul says this. I've not yet apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind. Everybody's got a past. And there's two things I want you to get about this. With everybody's past, well, first, you need to get everybody's got one. Would y'all all, do, are we under that understanding that nobody's better than anybody else in here? Okay, so if, if you still think you're better than somebody else or you ain't because you haven't done this or you hadn't got caught at something and, and you have an issue about going out in the rain because you'll drown because your nose so stuck up high in the air, uh, best thing to do is take your halo off and put it in the pocket because nobody believes it no how. 
So we're all on the same page right now. We're all on the same page. Now watch this. This is what, this is what you need to know about your past. It's final. It's final. What does that mean? You can't change it. No matter how bad or how good it is, you can't change it. No, how ma- no, no matter how much you cry about it, no matter how much you bring it up, no matter how much you talk about it, no, how, no, no, no matter how much you, you, you shed tears over it, no matter how much you feel guilty about it, nothing you can do can change your past. Because, buddy, if it could, we'd be doing some changing, wouldn't we? God, sometimes I sit there and I think, God, why, if I could just go back to that age again. If I could just go back to being five, four, whatever, and, and, and know what I know. That, Lord, I would do some stuff different in my life. Anybody here say that? But nobody can. We can't. So why do we keep bringing it up? Why do we keep trying to fix it or trying to change it and trying to convince somebody that it it wasn't what it was? It is what it is. We're not going to change it. It's final. But you got to understand this. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's forgiven. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's forgiven. That affair is forgiven. That murder is forgiven. Hey, that, 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 that thing that you did that you don't want nobody else to know, it's forgiven. Hey, if there's anybody who has something that needs to be forgiven, it was the Apostle Paul. Now watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says in Psalms 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm glad Jesus can take a black sin and dip it in red blood and it come out white as snow. It's forgiven. It's washed away. It's a done deal. It's over with. Don't bring it up to Jesus because he don't remember it. He don't remember it. When you ask forgiveness the first time, it's a done deal. I brought stuff to Jesus 17 times. Oh, God, forgive me that. He said, forgive you what? I've done dealt with it. Watch this. Now, here's this. We're going to tie one and two together. Here's where we get the hiccup. Here's where most Christians are. Here's where most Christians are. They're trying to do one without the other. And Paul said this one thing I do. I don't know why he said one thing because there was two things in there. And Jesus said, stand still and move forward. And Paul says the same thing. Now watch this. They're looking back. What are they wigging out about? Pharaoh. They're past. They're scared to death. They're frightened. They're tore up because their past is caught up with them. And when it comes to your past, y'all paying attention? When it comes to your past, God says, stand still, don't do anything, I got this.
You can't change it. You can't fix it. You can't rearrange it. So quit trying. God is saying to you, I got this. I got this. Stand still. But when it comes to your future, he's saying, go When it comes to your past, don't worry about it. Don't fret about it. Don't cry about it. Don't stay up at night about it. I got this. I have forgiven you. I have washed it away. I don't care what your neighbor says. I don't care what your flesh says. I don't care what the devil says. I got this. I got this. But, 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 but. Now go forward. That's what we're not doing. Everybody in here, unless you, unless you walked here. You came in a vehicle, and that vehicle has an adjustment lever in that vehicle, and it's got some letters on it, T, R, N, and D. Are y'all with me? And everybody in this room is in one of those adjustments. Some of y'all are in R. You're going the wrong way. Y'all with me? You in R, wide open, going the wrong way. Do you know why God put eyes in the front of your head? Because he wants you going forward. But you keep running back to what you left. There's nothing back there for you. You may tell you the most miserable person in the world, an out of, an, an out of touch, an out of, listen, a Christian who is out of the will of God. Because when you come to know Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And you got a new nature. And then when you get outside the will of God, you try to go back to what you run away from, and you'll find out they don't like you there no more. And you don't like it anymore. And you try to enjoy it, and you can't enjoy it. That beer don't taste the same. That dancing ain't as fun and all that. I can't feel comfortable there. I'm not right with God because that's not my, I'm a new creature. I can't enjoy that. And I go to the house of God, and then people seem happy, and I don't like them to be happy. Because misery likes company, and you get, you get around people that's right with God, and they have the peace of God and the joy of God, you mad at them too, and you just mad because you ain't got it. Well, you know what you need to do? Get out of reverse. Are y'all with me? But some of y'all, y'all ain't in reverse. Y'all ain't in reverse. You in park. It don't matter what the preacher says. You, you, your, your theme song is, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I'm not, I'm not in the juke joint no more, but I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm satisfied. I feel comfortable. Hey, I'm just here to do my thing, to do my time, and I'm going back home. But guess what? You'll never get away from your past in, in part. Some of y'all in neutral. Motor's running, but ain't nothing happening. You want it to, but you just need to know what to do. That's who I can help today. i tell you what we need to do. We need to take that lever and move that baby on into D. Y'all with me? Let's go forward. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. Now watch this. That's the past, but here's the press. I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark. Y'all with me? I press toward the mark. The word mark means goal. 
means purpose. It means what God has put you on this planet for. This is what this means. They're standing at the Red Sea. Their past is coming up on them. And in one verse, God says, quit worrying about your past. I got that. I'm going to handle that. I'll deal with that. Now get to the place that I've got for you. God had a divine place and a divine purpose for his divine people. God never intended for them to stay at the Red Sea. But, hallelujah, he needed them to see with their own eyes that he had destroyed their past. Because you ain't really free if what's had you bound is still chasing you. But you need to know everything you're struggling with right now, even if you're saved, he's handled it on the cross. When it comes to your past, he said, I got this. Now go do what I, I called you to do. Go do what I delivered you to do. Go do what I've destined you to do. You see, it's a two-part deal. You'll never get beyond your past if you keep bringing it up and keep dwelling on it and keep talking about it. Are y'all with me? And you keep trying to fix it. But you'll never get over your past if you don't start pursuing the goal. If you don't start pursuing your call. If you don't start pursuing what God puts you on this planet for. Watch this. Watch what Paul says. Two different verses that describe some of his past but what he's up here for. 1 Timothy 1.12 And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. That's the mark. The ministry was his goal, his destiny, what God put him on this planet for. Watch what he says. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which was in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Ephesians 3, 8. Unto me, whom am less than the least of all saints. He said, if you line up all the saints of God from the best to the worst, he said, I'm lower than the worst. But this grace is given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. He said, yeah, I got a past, but I got a purpose too. My past ain't my problem. My purpose is my problem. I say my problem, that's, my, that's what I need to focus on. You see, some of you haven't found your purpose. You don't know why you're here. Can y'all tell I dig what I do? It's prone to come out at any time. I was in Florida outside the funeral home, and there was a gentleman, and, and, and it's been, it's, it's like, it rains all the time in Florida, especially South Florida where I'm from, but it was lightning. I mean, I'm talking about, Spence, it was lightning. I mean, like I mean, it was thundering and light. And me and this guy was standing under an oak tree. Me and him couldn't reach around. I'm talking about lightning rod city. Are y'all with me? And he was sharing me some of his issues, and I could feel it rising up in me. And I'm thinking, oh, God help us. I'm fixing to start. I can tell. I can tell. And he said one thing, and it he hit the trigger. And here we go, wide open, and I'm just going after it, wide open. And I'm, I mean, I'm going from Genesis to Revelation, wide open, going, his eyes are getting back. I don't know if it was the preaching or the lightning, but his eyes were that big around. 
I, 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 it's, 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 it is what it is. It's in me. It's my calling. It's my purpose. It's my mark. What is your mark? I can't get over my past because you don't know what your mark is. If you get busier trying to find your mark, you wouldn't be worrying about your past. And by the way, you say, preacher, you know, I don't bring up my past, but other people bring up my past. What other people say to you is irrelevant. Do you know when, when, when Paul first got saved, when he first got delivered, he was trying to serve God, and, 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 and he was trying to get around other Christians, and they didn't want to have nothing to do with him? Because of his, you know what they'd say, don't you know what he done? He done killed some people. And not only that, can you, don't you know that those people that he had killed had family? What do you think they thought of him? What's the point? It don't matter what people say about you. That's not your concern. That's God's concern. Your concern is your mark. Your concern is your purpose. Your, your concern is what God puts you on this planet for. Let God handle the gossipers. It don't matter what they say. God doesn't, God doesn't consult the gossiper to determine your future. God doesn't consult your past to determine your future. I'm glad, I'm glad your past doesn't determine your potential. God says, hey, you're a new creature. Go forward. Quit worrying about what everybody else says. Forgetting those things. Forgetting those things. Which, man, if there's anybody need to forget something, it was Paul. Preacher, how do you forget things? Quit talking about them. How do, you, how do you forget things? It's not real difficult for me because uh, I forget everything. But I find the less I talk about things, the less I remember them. Now, I'm going to get a little touchy right here. And this is going to hurt a little bit for some of y'all. But you need to hear me out. Some of y'all won't let your past go because it's your baby. And you pet it, and you feed it, you reminisce, and the more you talk about it, the bigger it gets, and you won't let it go. You glorify it, and we don't even mean to. We say we're giving our testimony, but all we're doing is glorifying stuff we shouldn't even be remembering. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? This is why we do it, because we feel guilty. Preacher, if you only knew what I, I did, if you only no, listen, if he can do it for Paul, Paul got over the haunting memories of dragging people out of their own houses and out of their own beds and destroying them and murdering them and torturing them. Don't tell me you can't get over your affair. Don't tell me you can't get over your, your abortion. Don't tell me you can't get over whatever that is that the devil keeps bringing up. But see, here's what happens. We feel guilty about being forgiven. We feel guilty about what God's done for us. And, and, and subconsciously, this is what we do. We feel like if we can hurt, then that will, that will help us pay for what we've done. And we think if we will suffer, then that will, that will kind of condone and pay for what, 
what we did. So if I suffer and I can make myself hurt, then, then I will kind of be paying for my sin. There's only one problem with that. Well, there's several problems with it, but the main problem is this. If that's the case, if you're going to do that, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? You see, he, he suffered so you didn't have to. He died so you didn't have to. He took the whips and the chains and the spikes, and, and he took the beating and the brutality. He took all of the pain and the suffering so you didn't have to. Quit trying to feel guilty because of mercy. Quit bringing up something from your past because you, you, just, you just don't feel like you deserve it. Honey, nobody deserves it. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. It wouldn't be mercy. So quit talking about it. Quit bringing it up. Quit discussing it. If somebody else brings it up, say, I don't know who you're talking about. I love that song. What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they've all been torn out. I don't remember them anymore. I love, I love knowing that I'm not what I used to be. I may not be what I'm supposed to be, but I ain't what I'm used to be. And I'm not what I'm going to be. Hey, let God handle your past. Amen. He said, I got this. You just go forward. The past, the press, and the pride. I press toward the mark, the goal, the purpose, my commission, my destiny. I'm pursuing it. The word press means to pursue. I'm going after it wide open. You see, you can't stay at the Red Sea saying, Oh God, oh God, oh God, help me get over this, help me get over this, help me get over this, and don't put it in drive. Some of y'all come to church every week and you keep coming to the same altar with the same problem, with the same prayer, with the same asking forgiveness for the same thing, and you go back and you won't pursue the purpose. And you're expecting God to help you over your past. Shane, come up here a minute. Quick, real quick. Let me say this and we're going to be done. I'm, I'm in overtime. Shane represents my past. All the things I'm ashamed of. All my sinful wickedness. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Paul says, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm, I'm reaching forth. That's, that's ahead. Quit looking back. God put your eyes in the front, remember? Look forward. And I'm pressing toward that thing that God's called me to. Paul said God put him in the ministry. God made him a preacher to the Gentiles. So he's going to strive to get there. Now here's the deal. This is what we want to do. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, I, I remember that thing I did. And, and, and we'll tell everybody. We'll talk about it. We'll talk to God. God said, hey, I got this. Stand still. Take your hands off the situation. Now, Here's, here's, here's what I have found out. Say, well, preacher, I just can't get it off my mind. Watch this. The more I reach forth 
and go toward the purpose and the goal set for me, the further away I'm getting from my past and the less effect it has on me. You see, it may never ever get completely out of your memory. Maybe somewhere in, in, in the deal. Have you ever had that, that right after something happened, you, right after some tragedy happened, uh, uh, you could think about it right after, and it was so painful and it hurt so bad. But then years and years and years passed, and you could think about it, and, 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 and it bothered you a little bit, but it didn't hurt like it used to. Y'all with me? The thing is still there, but it don't have the effect on you that it used to have. That's what's going to happen. You see, right after Paul was saved, right after Paul was saved, his, his past still affected him because people didn't want to have nothing to do with him. They said, man, he's that murderer. He's that killer. They were afraid to do anything. But Barnabas, thank God for Barnabas. Amen. But watch this. At the end, at the end when he was sitting in that prison writing to Timothy, he said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. He said, henceforth there is a, Crown of righteousness is waiting on me. I'm, I'm going to be rewarded. Now, now watch this. In the end, nobody talked about his past. Nobody, nobody questioned him or, or, or brought up anything about it. Why? Because his past was so far removed. What's the point? You may, be, you may be just saved. You may have just stepped out of Egypt and just delivered. And, and your past is kind of close to you. That's okay. Let people talk who's going to talk. Let people do whatever they're going to do. You just press on. Because sooner or later, sooner or later, your future is going to outweigh your past. Now, in God's eyes, it's already done. It may not be in other people's eyes, but it is in God's eyes. And that's all you need to worry about. Thank you, Shane. My dad, I'll tell the story. We're going to pray. My dad, my dad, uh, y'all know. I, I've told about him so much. He he was a heathen, hoodlum, mean, AKC registered, DNA profiled, the whole thing. I mean, he he was a hoodlum of all hoodlums. And there was another guy in school that he fought all the time, all the time. I mean, it was, it, Dad, it's kind of funny. You know, you go to school, get in trouble, then go to the principal's office and get a whooping. Dad checked into the principal's office before school started, got his whipping, and then went to school. He got his whipping for the stupidity he'd done the day before, and it was just a regular thing. He'd just go on to the office, got his whipping, and went on, school, went on to class. And I'm not exaggerating that. You asked him. And this one guy, big, big guy, he was it, and they'd fall every day. Pass in the hallway, it's on right there. It, no invitation, no, it's just a, no, we're gonna, it's, it's a deal. Both of them fought every day, every day. Later on, after, after years and years and years went by, I'm sitting there, and, and, and I'm, I'm on the front porch of my dad's church, changing the light bulb on the porch, and this car pulls in. It was a work day, you know, and, and Dad and the guys is back behind the building, and, and this guy got out this car, and this guy kept getting out this car. This dude was huge. I'm talking about a big fella. He walks up to me with that deep voice and says, Is that Malcolm Carter on that sign? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Is he here? I was going to say, No, he's in Canada or something. I don't, I don't. I don't know where he's at. By that time, Dad and some of the men come around the corner, and their eyes met. He said, Malcolm? And Dad said that guy's name. And that guy said, Lord, 
Lord have mercy. He said, I'd have never believed that. He said, I saw your name on that sign. He said, I had to stop and see for myself. And he had gotten saved later on in his life. Dad, they went and hugged each other and just, and, and wow. They both had a past. But look what God can do with it. What's the point? The point is this. Let God handle your past and everybody else that wants to talk about it. And you press on. You go forward. Because that, when you get to the mark, there is a prize. <laughs> Amen. Father, help us now. Help us to practice this. Help us to apply this to our life. God, there is a, there is a prize at the end. There is a mark. We can't keep dwelling on our past. We can't keep talking about it. We can't keep dwelling on it. We got to let God. He said, I got this. Go forward. Go forward. There's a promised land waiting. Go forward. There is victory waiting. Go forward. There is hope ahead. Go forward. There's a land of milk and honey. Go forward. There is a place where uh, there is victory and, and, and blessing. Go forward. Go forward. God, I pray that you'll help us all to do that today. Help us to do that today. Help us to... Help us to trust that you've got our transgressions. You've got our iniquities as bad as they are, as much as the devil's tried to hinder us with them. We, we're going to trust you today. We're going to let it go. We're going to come to this altar, and we're going to let go of them. And we're going to believe you when you say, you got this. We're going to give it to you right now. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, who wants to join me at this altar? And I'm going to pray specifically for you. And I want you to come to this altar, and I want you to let it go. I want you to let it go. That thing that's been hounding you, that thing that's been harassing you, that past that keeps following you.